0: Hello, this is Jude from NewsLawney.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today's Friday, the 17th of September. India recorded 34,403 new coronavirus cases in the last 24 hours, pushing the overall tally of infections to 3.33 crore. As many as 320 new deaths were reported. On the occasion of Prime Minister Narendra Modi's 71st birthday, the BJP is preparing to set a new vaccination record by administering the highest number of inoculations in a single day. Meanwhile, yesterday, the centre warned Indians that COVID-19 cases might increase in October and November, when the country will celebrate festivals. In another development, the government refuted a report from the New York Times claiming that the Indian Council of Medical Research, or ICMR, downplayed COVID-19 threat for Modi's political goals. The Uttarakhand High Court has lifted the ban on Chardham Yatra, Though it has ordered people to follow COVID protocols and made negative COVID-19 reports, double vaccination certificates, mandatory for devotees. Chief Minister Pushkar Singh Dhami said that Char Dham Yatra will begin from September 18th. Char Dham Yatra is a Hindu religious pilgrimage to the four shrines of Yamunotri, Gangotri, Badrinath and Kedarnath in Uttarakhand. Globally, the coronavirus has infected over 227 million people and caused more than 4.66 million deaths so far according to Johns Hopkins University. A crucial meeting of the GST Council took place in Lucknow today to decide on issues like extending tax concessions to Lebanon COVID-19 drugs and reviewing tax rates of over four dozen items, like oncology medicine and coconut oil. Among the other key issues discussed are a proposal to bring petrol and diesel under the GST regime and modalities of compensation payable to states from July 1st, 2022. The GST Council is expected to discuss a proposal to treat online food delivery platforms such as Swiggy and Zomato as aggregators and levy a tax of 5%. If the proposal is approved, food ordering could become expensive for the end consumer as the companies may pass on the additional charge to them. Regarding COVID 19 drugs, the Council will deliberate on the proposal of extending the existing concessional tax rate structure on amphotericin B, tocilizumab, remdesivir, and anticoagulants like heparin till December 31, 2021, from the present September 30th. Tax rate on amphotericin B, tosilizumab was cut to nil, while remdesivir and heparin were reduced to 5% in June 2021. Sources added that the council is in favour of Aadhar authentication being mandatory for taxpayers to claim a refund or revoke cancellation of registration. The Aadhar authentication of existing taxpayers will be done in a phased manner, they said. The Council will also discuss the proposal of reducing GST from 12% to 5% to 7 more drugs till December 31, 2021. Finance Minister Nirmala Siddharaman will address a press conference after the meeting tentatively at 6pm. The 45th meeting of the Council chaired by Union Finance Minister Siddharaman and comprising a state and union territory counterparts is the first physical meeting since the onset of the coronavirus pandemic. The last such meeting took place 20 months ago, on December 18, 2019. Prime Minister Narendra Modi today drew attention to the Taliban's takeover in Afghanistan and said, and I quote, Today, we can see what is happening in Afghanistan. As Shanghai Cooperation Organization members, it is a must for us all to ensure that there is no radicalization and extremism on the rise there. Unquote. He was speaking at the Shanghai Cooperation Organization Summit, held in Tajikistan's capital, Dushanbe. The Prime Minister highlighted India's concerns over regional stability and asked the SCO member states, which includes China and Pakistan, to ensure the grouping works closely together on issues like connectivity and trust. Welcoming Iran to the SCO as the ninth member, PM Modi said India is helping increase connectivity in Afghanistan via Iran's Chabahar port, and such projects should be done by respecting each nation's sovereignty. Saudi Arabia, Egypt and Qatar have joined the SCO as dialogue partners, while Iran joined as a full member. The SCO was formed in June 2001 with Kazakhstan, China, Kyrgyzstan, Russia, Tajikistan and Uzbekistan as members. India and Pakistan became full members in June 2017. The SCO says its main goals are strengthening mutual trust among the member states. More than 700 children in West Bengal are suffering from fever and respiratory troubles, News 18 reported today. Three children have died in the state, according to the news channel. But another report in the Hindu put the number of deaths at six. According to News 18, the blood samples taken from some of the children suffering from mysterious febrile illnesses in some parts of North Bengal were found to be infected with influenza B, respiratory syncytial and human para-influenza viruses. Dr. Susanta Kumar Roy, Senior Medical Officer of Ophthalmology, said there are some people who are unnecessarily creating panic. He added that the number of paediatric patients is less when we compare it from July-September 2017 to July-September 2019. Fatal fevers have gripped at least five Indian states with nearly 100 deaths reported over the last month from Madhya Pradesh, Haryana, West Bengal, Bihar and Uttar Pradesh. Deaths after high fever were first reported from UP's Ferozabad district in August's second week. Madhya Pradesh has become the latest state to report an alarming rise in fever with 3,000 cases and six suspected fatalities. Officials in different states have stated different causes behind the cases of fatal fevers. In Uttar Pradesh, officials stated the cause as dengue, scrub typhus and leptospirosis. Bihar's cases were attributed to pneumonia and West Bengal said it was influenza. The causes for cases in Haryana and MP have not been ascertained. At least 45 children and 8 adults in Uttar Pradesh's Ferozabad have succumbed to a mysterious dengue-like fever. First described as a mystery illness, the upsurge turned out to be a dengue outbreak after 46 of the 49 samples sent to the King George Medical University in Lucknow tested positive for the dengue virus. News Laundry reported that the outbreak was caused by dismal sanitation in parts of Ferozabad and lack of preventive measures by its municipality. Sudama Nagar, the worst-hit neighbourhood, had multiple plots of rotting waste and open drains clogged with garbage. To know more about this, read Ayush Tiwari's report titled Pigs, Ponds and Platelets, a UP hospital's tumultuous ride through the dengue outbreak. Shirumani Akali Dal Chief Sukbir Badal and former Union Minister Harsimrat Simrat Kaur Badal were among 15 party leaders detained by the Delhi police while leading a protest march to parliament against the centre's farm laws. Delhi police officials told ANI that the detained party leaders were taken to Sansad Mark police station. Before he was detained, Badal told reporters that the party workers were beaten with lattes and their vehicles were attacked by security personnel. He told ANI and I quote, A peaceful protest was stopped. We've come here to give a message to PM Modi that not only Punjab but the entire country is against his government. Security personnel were deployed across Delhi today ahead of the Akali Dals protest march from Gurdwara Rakab Ganj Sahib to parliament to mark the completion of one year since the enactment of the centre's three contentious farm laws. Delhi police officials told ANI that the protest is being carried out without permission. Section 144 has been imposed in New Delhi. In a tweet, the party said that all Delhi borders have been sealed and Punjab vehicles were being stopped by authorities. The Black Friday protest is set to be led by Sukhbir Singh Badal and Harsimrat Kaur Badal. Earlier, Akali Dal General Secretary Prem Singh Chandu Majra had vowed that the march would be peaceful. Commuters have been urged to avoid certain areas across the national capital where some roads have been sealed in view of the protest. In a viral video from August 28th, Karnal Subdivisional Magistrate Ayush Sinha is her directing a group of policemen to smash the heads of farmers in case they try to breach the cordon around the Bastara Toll Plaza, where farmers have been protesting against the Narendra Modi government's new farm laws since last November. When the farmers tried to push through it, they were lati-charged by the police and at least 10 were injured, including Sushil Kajal. The farmers have been demanding compensation for the family of Sushil Kajal, who died from injuries sustained in the attack. The action against the police officers responsible for it and suspension of Karnal's former subdivisional magistrate, Ayush Sinha. Following public outrage over the police brutality, the Khattar government transferred Sinha out to Chandigarh, posting him as an additional secretary in the Citizen Resource Information Department. But it wouldn't accept the other demands of the farmers. On September 11th, the government ordered a judicial inquiry into the August 28th attack and sent Sinha on leave for a month, ending the four-day standoff with the farmers. To know more, read Akansha Kumar's report titled How the Farmer Protest in Karnal Ended On our website, newslaundry.com The Delhi High Court asked the Income Tax Department to ensure the safety of the data it downloaded during a recent IT survey at the News Laundry office after CEO and co-founder Abhinandan Sekri moved the court seeking a direction against leaking office private data. At the hearing today, a bench of Justices JJ Manmohan and Naveen Chawla pointed to leaks from law enforcement agencies that appear in the media and observed that it was ethically, morally and legally wrong to leak any personal information. They directed the IT department to ensure the data taken from News Laundry wasn't leaked. They said, and I quote, The press is on the other side. That's why the case is different. Normally, no one's data should be leaked. This is ethically, morally and legally wrong. Unquote. Appearing for News Laundry, senior advocate Siddharth Dave argued that the survey was x illegal, perverse and arbitrary. An eight official income tax team landed at the News Laundry office around midday on September 10th to conduct a survey which went on until after midnight. The sleuths took away the personal phone and laptop of News Laundry CEO and co-founder Abhinandan Sakri, and the tech contractors who accompanied them copied the data from the devices. The IT team did not allow Sakri to speak with his lawyer during the nearly 13-hour survey. This so-called survey hasn't stopped News Laundry from bringing you free, fair and independent journalism. No such thing would stop us because we are an independent news platform that's supported by people who value public interest news and choose to subscribe to News Laundry, not by government or corporate advertisements. To join the News Laundry community, go to the red subscribe button on the top right corner of the website. Subscription is as low as 300 rupees a month only. Pay to keep news free. The Allahabad High Court, while granting protection to an interfaith couple, reaffirmed that two adults have the right to choose who they marry, irrespective of their religion, the Indian Express reported. According to and Bench, the court said, and I quote, it cannot be disputed that two adults have right of choice of their matrimonial partner, irrespective of religious professed by them. As the present petition is a joint petition by the two individuals who claim to be in love with each other and are major. Therefore, in our considered opinion, Nobody, not even their parents, could object to their relationship. The petition was moved by one Shifa Hassan and her partner, both residents of Uttar Pradesh, contending that they are in love with each other and are living together on their own will. Hassan, in this petition, stated that she had also filed an application for conversion from Islam to Hinduism, following which the district magistrate had called for a report from the concerned police station. The court granted her and her partner protection while clarifying that the order is not a final opinion regarding the age of the petitioners. The US and UK are facing growing international criticism over a new security pact signed with Australia. The deal, seen as an effort to counter China, will see the US and UK give Australia technology to build nuclear-powered submarines. According to BBC, Washington has sought to quell anger in Paris as the pact which was scuppered a multi-billion dollar submarine deal France had signed with Australia. France's foreign minister called the announcement a stab in the back. He called it a brutal, unilateral and unpredictable decision that reminded him of former US President Donald Trump. France's former ambassador to the US, Gerard Araud, said, and I quote, It's a very low moment. The US knew that this contract and this strategic contract were essential French national interests, and the US didn't care. Unquote. White House Press Secretary Jen Saki shrugged off the French criticisms and said that they are a range of partnerships that include the French and sub-partnerships that don't. And they have partnerships with other countries that don't include us. She added that it is a part of how global diplomacy works. China accused the three powers of having a Cold War mentality, and the pact has raised fears that it could provoke China into a war. While they did not mention China… AUKUS is finally being viewed as an effort to counter Beijing's influence in the contested South China Sea. The alliance, known as AUKUS, was announced by US President Joe Biden, UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson and his Australian counterpart Scott Morrison on Wednesday. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a good day and a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow.